Hi, my name is Beth, and I am the host of the Seeking Light podcast. In a world that presents us with growth and challenges, there is tremendous light. And this podcast is a source of light through scriptural insights that I have gained through the years. Come join me as I share light in a world that can sometimes be confusing. Hello, welcome to another episode of the Seeking Light podcast. I am really glad you're with me today. I um, had an experience a couple days ago and our youngest son, Gannon, he uh, came up to me as we were getting ready to go to bed and he said, Mom, you know, your podcast, you sound really calm. And um, I started laughing and I asked him to tell me what did... um, what did he mean by that? Like, I'm calm. What does that mean? And he said, well, you're not really a calm person. And when you talk, you're calm. And so I started laughing and um, told him that, you know, there's times to be hyper and excited. And there's also times to be calm. And I uh, hope that I'm not too calm that nobody's falling asleep listening. But I am a very hyper person in general. So Um, but I do really enjoy this podcast, doing this podcast a lot. And, um, I hope that all of you are doing well. We had that snowstorm and ice storm last weekend and we still don't have Wi-Fi and internet. So if I ever put anything out, I have to leave my house and go to the store or go to a parking lot that has Wi-Fi and try to check up on things and respond to emails. And it's pretty funny, but I'm just grateful that we're all good and I hope that all of you are safe and healthy and happy and that your family's doing well. So this podcast today is, um, it's about flat tires, providing and nurturing. So I have to tell you an experience that we just had recently with our oldest son, Carter. So, um, Matt and I were together for Valentine's weekend with our friends and, um, we got a phone call from Carter and it was a uh, late in the evening and he told us that he had just had made plans to drive down from Idaho. He lives in Eastern Idaho and that he was going to drive to, um, Provo, Utah, which is about a four hour drive from where he is. And I was very confused. I was kind of shocked that he was going to get on the road at such a late hour. And so I kind of asked him a few questions, but I also realized he's 21 and he can do what he wants. But on that weekend, um, the day before prior, he had had to go into Les Schwab tires and get a new tire because he had a flat. So I was just worried about the tires and also it's my car. We loaned it to him to go to college and so I had a little bit of intrepidation not knowing if something bad happened to him or if a tire went out or I just had worries. So anyway he gets on the road and my mind's a little occupied with him but I'm also you know we're making a nice dinner with our friends and we're eating and so I'm trying not to think about it but he calls about an hour and a half in the drive and he tells us that he has a flat tire and I immediately start worrying and wondering, okay, 
is the spare, you know, blown up? Is it, can he, is he going to be able to get it all changed out? It's cold. It's snowing. He's in Malad city, Idaho. Um, there's a lot of wind. I've, I lived in Idaho. I grew up in Idaho. So I don't know if any of you have ever been to Idaho, but there's a lot of wind over specifically on the Eastern side. And, um, so anyway, he was very positive and he's like, look, I'll, I'll get out of the car. I'll get the spare. I'll get this all done. And meantime, you know, I am worrying and feeling anxious and things start running through my head. And so I send out a text to my three older kids and ask them to please keep Carter in their thoughts and prayers. Um, and I know this is probably sounding over the top ridiculous, but, um, I had had worries that what if he's changing the tire and a car's not paying attention and it hits him or hits the car and then it hits him. And what if he can't get that tire done and he's there all night and mind you, we have AAA, but we don't have it on him. We have it on my car, but you have to be the person that signs up with it that's there when they come. So anyway, kind of tricky, but I just had these thoughts of concerns of, is he going to be able to accomplish this? And what if there's a lot of snow? And I just had all these things. And Matt was like, it's okay. Don't worry about it. He's fine. You know, he's done this before. I taught him how to change tires in South Africa. He changed tires on, you know, tires that went flat and while he was on his mission. So I was just trying really hard to not let it bother me, but I was feeling worried. So I went into the back room and I was praying and asking Heavenly Father to guide Carter's hands and help him through the situation. So as the night was going on and we were, he, way he, he gets the tire on and it's a spare and it's small and we encourage him that we need to, you need to switch up plans. You're not going to make it to Provo tonight on that spare tire. So we reached out to um, some of our friends that live in a town closer to where he could get to and double check that, you know, can he stay the night? And um, then he'll get on the road early in the morning to go to Les Schwab and, and get this all situated. So as he drove from Malad City to Warren, Utah, I, um, I just kept praying that nothing would happen to that spare and nothing would happen to the other two tires and that he would be fine. And so you got to understand too, that, you know, we bought this car and it was a 2009 and it, and then we bought it about almost two years ago and it only had 20,000 miles on it. And the woman that had owned it, she had these spare snow tires and so when we drove Carter to, when I drove Carter to college, I put these snow tires on and we thought they'd be great, but they have been kind of a bomb. And so now this was the second tire. So my, the likelihood of the other two going out was pretty high. So anyway, through this experience, I began to think about um, the scriptures and being a mother and Matt being a father. And it took me back to a conversation that I had with my brother, Sean, um, 
several years ago when I was worrying about one of my children and he shared with me the the story of Sariah and Lehi. And I had heard it many times, but because of my situation and him sharing that, it rang true to my mind. And so I, over the years, I've spent more time kind of delving into these roles as mothers and fathers. And, and so I wanted to share with you, first of all, I'm going to start with the family, a proclamation to the world, uh, a paragraph in there. And this is what it says. By divine design, fathers are to preside over their families in love and righteousness and are responsible to provide the necessities of life and protection for their families. Mothers are primarily responsible for the nurture of their children. In these sacred responsibilities, fathers and mothers are obligated to help one another as equal partners. Disability, death, and other circumstances may necessitate individual adaptation. Extended families should lend support when needed. So at that, this one evening, several years ago, when Sean and I were talking, he was talking about, you know, mother's primary responsibility is nurturing. So that makes sense why you're worrying about your children. And father's primary responsibility is to provide the necessities of life and their protection of their child families. And so I just wanted to share with you a few scriptures that kind of, um, solidify that, that obviously it's, it's, you know, God through his servants provided this proclamation to all of us. And so it's true. And, um, I want to start out with Sariah. So Sariah, um, her sons, after leaving into the wilderness, they go back into Jerusalem to get the brass plates. And I'm going to start in first Nephi chapter 5, verse 1, in the Book of Mormon. And it says, And it came to pass that after we had come down into the wilderness and to our father, behold, he was filled with joy. And also my mother Sariah was exceedingly glad, for she truly had mourned because of us. For she had supposed that we had perished in the wilderness. And she also had complained against my father, telling him that he was a visionary man, saying, Behold, Thou hast led us forth from the land of our inheritance, and my sons are no more, and we perish in the wilderness. And after this manner of language had my mother complained against my father. And it came to pass that my father spake unto her, saying, I know that I am a visionary man, for if I had not seen the things of God in a vision, I should not have known the goodness of God, but had tarried at Jerusalem and had perished with my brethren. But behold, I have obtained a land of promise, in the which things I do rejoice. Yea, I know that the Lord will deliver my sons out of the hands of Laban, and bring them down again unto us in the wilderness. And after this manner of language did my father Lehi comfort my mother Sariah concerning us while we journeyed in the wilderness up to the land of Jerusalem to obtain the record of the Jews. And when we had returned to the tent of my father, behold, their joy was full, and my mother was comforted. So Sariah, being Laman, Lemuel, Sam, Nephi's mother, she was struggling. She was, you know, frustrated. And I'm, I'm, I'm paraphrasing and probably putting words into her mouth. But, 
you know, she was upset at her husband that he would put them in this peril and have them go back and, and possibly not return. And her thought was they're, they're not going to come. There's, they're no more. And, you know, Lehi, as a wise husband, he comforted Sariah and he validated her and he told her that he knew that the Lord would deliver his sons. So Sariah, her primary responsibility was to nurture and through this, her nurturing instincts kicked in and the fear of losing them was real for her. So then if you turn to Lehi in um, 1 Nephi 16, you find a time where he murmurs because he, in his role as a provider and protector, he feels like it's not going so well. So it's First Nephi chapter 16. It says, And it came to pass that we did take our bows and our arrows and go forth into the wilderness to slay food for our families. And after we had slain food for our families, we did return again to our families in the wilderness. So what happens is, is they go back and forth slaying food. Lehi, I'm sorry, Nephi and his brothers. And they go to the most fertile parts of the land and they travel for the space of many days and on the way they're slaying food and they have bows and arrows and stones and slings. And it talks about how they followed the direction of the ball, which was the Liahona. And it took them like to the, the best parts of the land to get what they needed to feel, feed their families. And after they had traveled for a space of many days, they did pitch their tents and for the space of time and they, cause they needed to rest themselves and they needed to go and obtain food for their families. But it came to pass that as I Nephi went forth to slay food, behold, I did break my bow, which was made of fine steel. And after I did break my bow, behold, my brethren were angry with me because of the loss of my bow, for we did obtain no food. And it came to pass that we did return without food to our families and being much fatigued because of their journeying, they did suffer much for the want of food. And it came to pass that Laman and Lemuel and the sons of Ishmael did begin to murmur exceedingly because of the sufferings and the afflictions in the wilderness. And also my father began to murmur against the Lord his God. Yea, they were all exceedingly sorrowful, even that they did murmur against the Lord. And now it came to pass that I, Nephi, having been afflicted by my brethren, afflicted with my brethren because of the loss of my bow and their bows having lost their spring it began to be exceedingly difficult yea insomuch that we could not obtain no food so here you have lehi as a prophet who is murmuring against the lord he cannot provide his sons can't provide there's no way to feed them and you know sadly i could see why the family was frustrated and suffering. And I would probably be Laman, Lemuel, Sam, sons of Ishmael. I would be in that with Lehi just feeling, I mean, we, we all love food and what happens to us if we're not eating food, you know, we kind of can lose it sometimes. Um, and so food is huge. It sustains our lives. And, you know, Nephi, he, he, his bow was broken. And obviously there's something about his bow that I'm not sure. Maybe the others don't have a bow. I don't know what it is, but there's a struggle here. And 
Um, so I go, I'll go on in verse 22. And it came to pass that I, Nephi, did speak much unto my brethren, because they had hardened their hearts again, even unto complaining against the Lord their God. And it came to pass that I, Nephi, did make out of wood a bow, and out of a straight stick an arrow. Wherefore, I did arm myself with a bow and an arrow, with a sling and with stones. And I said unto my father, Whither shall I go to obtain food? And it came to pass that he did inquire of the Lord, for they had humbled themselves because of my words, for I did say many things unto them in the energy of my soul. And it came to pass that the voice of the Lord came unto my father, and he was truly chastened because of his murmurings against the Lord, insomuch that he was brought down into the depths of sorrow. And it came to pass that the voice of the Lord said unto him, Look upon the ball, and behold the things which are written. And it came to pass that I, Nephi, beheld the pointers which were in the ball, that they did work according to the faith and diligence and heed which we did give unto them. So here you have Sariah earlier on hurting as a mother because her nurturing, the ability to take care of her sons, protect her sons, was not happening in her mind. And here you have Lehi, who as a provider and protector is not able to right now and he's not happy and he's murmuring and Nephi goes and he makes a bow and arrow and arms himself to try to go find food and looks upon the Liahona to get direction. So if you go to the definition of provisions uh, in the dictionary, it says the act of providing or supplying something um, and or the act of making preparations for a possible or future event or situation. So as a provider, providing provisions, protection, um, you have, you're supplying something, you're doing something so that it's an action. As a nurturer, so Soraya as the nurturer, if it, there's two different definitions as a noun and a verb. The noun is training, upbringing, something that nourishes. The verb definition is to supply with nourishment, educate, to further the development of. So my second um, scriptural reference is the stripling warriors, mothers, and fathers. So during, um, we had a Book of Mormon class at our, with a group of women um, at our church. And while we would prepare and study for it, something stood out to me that I'd never noticed before. So I'd always heard about the stripling warriors' mothers. And um, in Alma 56, it talks about them. I'll go ahead and read. 47 and 48. Now, now they never had fought. So these boys had never fought. Their um, fathers, they had made covenants that they would not lift up weapons of war and fight. And so these young men agreed to go to battle as long as Helaman was their leader. And these boys had never fought. And it says, yet they did not fear death. And they did think more upon the liberty of their fathers than they did upon their lives. Yea, they had been taught by their mothers that if they did not doubt, God would deliver them. And they rehearsed unto me the words of their mothers, saying, 
we do not doubt our mothers knew it. So under nurturing, it talks about educating, training, um, furthering the development. So as mothers, these stripling warrior mothers, they taught their boys to not doubt, to not fear, to believe that God would deliver them. And then at, at this um, Book of Mormon class, for the first time, my eyes were opened and I saw about the fathers. And I was so excited because I'm like, yes, it's a, it's a joint effort. And it's just a very short verse. It's in also in Alma 56 and it's verse 27. And it says, and these are the stripling warrior fathers it says, and now it came to pass in the second month of this year, there was brought unto us many provisions from the fathers of those my 2000 sons. So the fathers of these boys brought provisions and provisions are supplying something, making preparations for possible or future. So I'm not sure what the provisions were, but they came as fathers and provided provisions for war for their sons. And so here you have the stripling warrior mothers nurturing, teaching, training. And here you have the stripling warrior fathers who are um, providing provisions. And I love in Alma 5320, it's, it, it's, you know, not all situations have a mother and a father there. We're all in different situations and Heavenly Father provides ways for things to happen and for people to step in and for the gap to be filled. And I just wanted to read this verse, these two verses in Alma 53 about kind of the joint efforts. Um, and they were all young men and they were exceedingly valiant for courage and also for strength and activity. But behold, this was not all. They were men who were true at all times in whatsoever things they were entrusted. Yea, they were men of truth and soberness, for they had been taught to keep the commandments of God <clears throat> and to walk uprightly before him. So as parents, going back to the situation of Carter, I as a mother was worried I couldn't protect Carter. I couldn't be there. I couldn't nurture him. And I hoped that whatever education he had been taught about changing out tires and, you know, he had such a positive attitude about it. He was very like, it's going to be fine. I've done this before. If I can do it in South Africa, I can do it here in Malad City, Idaho. And yet my heart murmuring, worrying, Though, you know, these things are natural and Heavenly Father loves all of his children and he's aware of all of us. And we as, as parents, um, have, by divine design, we are given gifts and fathers are primarily responsible for the providing and um, protection of their families and mothers are primarily responsible for nurture and we have others that also help and stand in and, and provide these same attributes of pro providing and nurturing. And we are so blessed. And I just wanted to share with you this experience because it helped me to realize that 
When I am worrying, these feelings are natural. They are part of the human nature, but I'm also able to learn and recognize, you know, it's going to be fine and have faith. So if you're worrying about your kids or if you're worrying about your grandkids, it's all okay. Everything will come together for their good. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great day. I am so grateful that you listened to my latest podcast. Please share these episodes with your family and friends. I look forward to being with you again soon. Have a great day.